Good evening, cruisers. Oh, my goodness, has it been another week? Um, welcome back, folks. The Definitive Technology Podcast, cruising on the cutting edge. Thank you so much for tuning in to uh, the show. My name is Wellington Froelich, your faithful driver on these very windy roads ahead. This evening, we are rolling um, back from yonder in the frigid Alaskan rivers on those uh, um, to the easy hills of the Ozarks in Arkansas. Last week, folks, we took a look at the fish waste management approaches designed up in Alaska to address the growing number of human-bear interactions. This week, we are back at it with another Pike's Peak of a research paper in biomedical engineering we will discuss one small innovation among millions surrounding potential cures of genetic disorders using gene therapy. For those who aren't familiar, by the way, Pikes Peak is one of the toughest race tracks in all of North America, sporting 156 turns and 4,700 feet of elevation gain, ending in very thin air at 14,115 feet, which is very hard on air-breathing engines which, of course, includes our cruisers. <laughs> but that's Colorado. Let's get back to Arkansas, where, where we are going down to the nanometer scale. But first, ladies and gentle cruisers, I have a few announcements to make before we get on down in the mud with this one. First, I've created a new Instagram account for Cruising on the Cutting Edge. Just look that up, Cruising on the Cutting Edge. No G again. Cruising. Uh, if you don't have Instagram, get it because I've gotten it now and you will be able to see all the fun little photos I get to look at for my show when I plan it. I will also be hosting um, some giveaways once I figure out what all that entails and so um, follow along for that there. Also please feel free to leave comments about the show. Um, on those posts that I make on Instagram or just email me at uh, cruisingwithwellington at gmail.com. Also folks, subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you listen to so you can find out when I release a new episode. I know I love doing this, so that obviously means you love listening to it as well, of course. And you want to know as soon as possible when things come out. That's logical. Uh, share uh, with your family and friends. Ask them, hey, do you listen to any podcasts? Let them answer and know in your heart you know, that whatever podcast they say they think is the best, they're wrong. Tell them about Ultra White Paint, Alaskan Fish Grinders, Robots That Move By Eating Metal, and Smartphones That Feel Like The Leather Lazy Boy You're Looking At Buying, and tell them about the show. So, cruisers, let's buckle on up in our classic 1948 turquoise Studebaker Commander and head on down the best road in the country, I-40, <laughs> to Conway, Arkansas, the little college town of the University of Arkansas. Uh, side note, did you know, by the way, that the Studebaker Auto Company first started out selling battery-powered vehicles? Their first car was a battery-powered wagon-looking thing called the Studebaker Electric in 1902. Anyway, that's enough car facts for the day. Otherwise, I'd better start getting ad money from, from that company. <laughs> so, as we arrive in the odorous halls of the Biomedical Engineering Building, 
we come across a lab led by Prof uh, Professor Christopher Nelson next to a sleeping, drooling grad student. We notice a 2018 paper, and it reads AAV CRISPR Editing Rescue Cardiac and Muscle Function for 18 Months in Dystrophic Mice by written by Chady Hakeem at Al. Now, um, no wonder that this person is sleeping, first of all. But the so the big issue out of the many that plague this world, the big issue being tackled by this small lab has to do with genetic disorders, specifically for this paper we are concerned with, Duchenne muscular dystrophy. First, folks, we will wind our way down theory lane, followed by an interesting hop on down hardware and testing square. And finally, we will turn back onto the on-ramp to the future. So let's get right into it. This, this disease, Duchenne mus uh, muscular dys dystrophy, is primarily inherited through, um, through the genes. Um, some spontaneous mutations um, can occur, but boys are the ones who tend to have the most effects and the severest effects. The typical patient experiences debilitating loss of muscle function and just muscle growth, which starts in the lower parts of the body, making it hard to get up at first. It can get as bad as losing the ability to use your breathing muscles so that you need a ventilator. The life expectancy is around 26, about one in 4,500 males and one in 50 million girls are affected at birth. So how can we begin to solve this issue? Let's start big picture. Well, there are some uh, surgeries and physical therapy uh, therapies using braces out there that have shown some success. Uh, then there are steroids and immunosuppressants and other drugs to help slow the degeneration of the muscle and the damage dealt to weakened muscles. But if we go even deeper than all of those, we can try to fix the gene that is causing the issue. First, what is a gene? Commonly put, it is a recipe for a cell's nucleus to make proteins. Every cell in our body has these genes and every cell has a different function. Some are our eye cells. Um, some, some are, uh, you know, tongue cells. And um, each makes certain amounts of proteins, certain kinds of proteins. The proteins are awesome. They can make do so many things like bind our muscles together. Dystrophin is the name of the culprit protein that gets created by a gene that lives on our X chromosome inside our cells. This gene can become mutated just like many others. In fact, if you have blue eyes or green eyes or brown eyes, those are all considered mutations, just not very harmful ones. How did the researchers at the University of Arkansas address this mutated gene? I will get to that, but first I need to talk about gene editing. There's one predominant method for manipulating your DNA or your genes, and that is CRISPR. Um, CRISPR makes a little, uh, the method makes a little protein guy called Cas9, which is like an Uber for this other little guy called RNA, which takes, um, which rides on Cas9, this Uber, directly to where he needs to go. 
then the RNA will bind off portions of the DNA. It'll match up with a sequence um, on your DNA specifically. And the Uber driver will actually cut it up or make uh, to, to, to make part of it uh, defunct or to chop it off or to literally morph one small strut on the DNA ladder into another chemical. So once this gene is cut up, the cell will quickly repair it, but sometimes the, the cell will put in an extra thing, uh, an extra strut in the ladder, which we call a mutation. The scientists in Arkansas use these tiny, as far as we know, harmless carriers that are actually viruses to carry the Cas9 uber cells, um, uber proteins, sorry, uh, into the cell. So these uh, viruses are called adeno-associated viruses that we can actually manipulate. We can actually strip it of its original DNA, the, the virus DNA, and stuff it with these Cas9 proteins containing the correct, or the, the RNA. So the adeno, it packs, the adeno-associated virus contains the Cas9, which contains the RNA. And these adeno-associated are super small, and they go right into the cell, and these Cas9s then run in, uh, into the nucleus of the cell where they bump into um, genes floating around. There are also other interesting things you can do with uh, CRISPR technology, like using fluorescent binders that attach to these Cas9 guys to um, visualize the architecture of the human genome. It's a very interesting thought there. One other interesting method I found out there is to use these viruses, which as far as we know, again, are harmless, um, to deliver just a completely new recipe to the cell, basically a whole new gene for the cell to read. Um, important to note, this does not insert itself in any way into the DNA already inside your nucleus. It, it just acts as its own standalone copy. As I understand it, the nucleus in, in this method will continue to read both the gene that is defective, but also the new correct gene um, uh, in, and will produce the correct protein from that. Um, and in all, all those sources that I found that that new correct gene or copy is depicted as a self-contained ring um, as opposed to the sort of the linear strand of DNA, which is often depicted as a double helix. That's the final bit of vocab. These standalone rings are called episomes. Now, I do have many questions regarding this stuff, but I think my hashtag biggest brain cramp in this area of the technology is how does the Uber or this Cas9 know where to go? Is it planned out? Is it like the chemo taxis that we discussed with metal eating robots? Like, do they travel towards a, a higher intensity of some sort of chemical? Or do they just send in loads of loads of them hoping that the that the uh, Cas9s will bump into a gene floating around uh, inside the nucleus? I watched a good amount of videos on this stuff and sort of laughed to myself every time I watched one because no one seemed to want to explain how this worked. So in combination with some animations that hinted as at uh, um, hinted at as uh, how as to how it might work and uh, the Wikipedia page for Cas9, I 
have come to the uh, conclusion that they inject as much as they need until the right amount of genes um, are edited and the right amount of proteins are produced, et cetera. But I did find that there is a subprotein on the Cas9 protein, which is called a nuclease, which specifically binds onto chemical bonds that uh, like the ones found on a DNA ladder. But so, so as far as I'm aware, scientists simply rely on Cas9 to bump into a strand of DNA inside the cell's nucleus. Anyway, it's time to breathe now. That was a bit of a bumpier theory lane. I encourage you to check out the links to the videos I will post in all the places, including Instagram, uh, to help you visualize it all. Now, because let's turn on a down hardware and testing square and see how they began to verify if this would even work for Duchenne muscular dystrophy. The hardware for this method is not your, or this experiment, is not your typical metal bar or dirt sample like in the biofilms lab. We are talking cellular biology tools. The method for using adeno-associated viruses, these harmless transport vehicles that deliver our correct protein-making recipes to the nucleus or um, help cut the gene inside the nucleus, those are two, two applications here, um, was first used in 2007. However, these tiny guys were first discovered by scientists at NIH in the 60s using electron microscopy, which is basically sending a beam of electrons to light up much smaller things than what visible light can do. It's interesting um, little methodology there. There's a neat uh, photo uh, from that discovery that I'll post on, on all the sites again. The convenient thing about this virus is that it is a small and can penetrate far into the cell and more importantly, cannot be replicated. That is, unless a larger host virus comes along, a, a, a adenovirus, adeno-associated and then adenovirus. So before we can eject uh, something like this into human flesh though, the researchers use uh, specifically raised lab mice. To inject these proteins, you can either shock cells using 100, 150 volts, to, uh, which creates pores in the cell walls, hence the name electroporation. Or you can use an IV drip and bind these little packages to something called a plasmid, which passes through the cell walls. Scientists used the latter and inserted it in the tail veins for whole body therapy. Um, I suppose the tail veins lead uh, lead to the bloodstream all over the place. Um, as well as in, um, specific sites like, uh, near the heart. So the adenoviruses travel through the bloodstream in the mice, dropped off the Cas9 in the nucleus of the cells, which bumped into genes floating around in there and snipped it in the appropriate spot. The mouse's cell then quickly acted to fix that gene. And for some of them, fixed them and corrected the recipe by inserting uh, a, a new a new strut in the ladder. The scientists later harvested the muscles from their mice, which you know, unfortunately was likely the end of the mice. The results gathered from these tests though, first indicated that not enough copies of the correct dystrophin protein were produced from this um, new in an improved gene pool. So they increased the dosage sixfold and found significant recovery of the mice um, all the way up to 18 months 
That is very long in the life of a mouse. The results suggested, quote, long-term physiological benefits um, for whole body diseases using this method of gene editing, which brings us to the end of hardware and testing square. Okay, folks, let's turn on up the on-ramp to the future. This editing and splicing and replacing and so forth has some interesting applications in the macro world. Before we get into this, though, I do want to mention that there have been other technologies instead of using these adeno-associated viruses that have come online in the last year or two, including using gold nanoparticles to deliver the correct DNA. They will literally bind the DNA and the Cas9 things to the gold particle and send that through, through the cell wall uh, into the nucleus. But now, what do you think gene editing can be used for? A lot of what people talk about regarding CRISPR is curing genetic diseases like Alzheimer's, rheumatoid arthritis, Duchenne dystrophy, and even aging. There are also talks, even some uh, talks, even some supposed experiments in China about using it to give your future baby certain characteristics like a better immune system, stronger muscular structure, or other features, say for lasting longer in in, on trips in outer space. This is what they colloquially call the designer baby. It can kind of make one feel uncomfortable to think about, but I think uh, there's a more application, uh, practical application um, that we might be able to use right now. In fact, it already exists, and that is genetically modified plants. They produce more, can survive in harsher places, and might possibly even live longer didn't verify that, but I am both concerned, but also interested in knowing what technologies people are developing to combat this, uh, if it were ever used as a weapon. Also, I'm curious, uh, or or potentially even to revert any actions taken um, uh, by the gene editing. Also, I'm curious what uh, you're concerned or curious about. I know one one video I watched posed an idea showing humans with tails, gills, and such. I do have to say it's a strange time we uh, we live in. So let me know. Email me at cruisingwithwellington at gmail.com. Again, that's cruising without a G with wellington at gmail.com. Ladies and gentle cruisers, thanks again so much for tuning into Cruising on the Cutting Edge. I hope you at least got as brain cramped with this tech as I did. I love hearing your thoughts on this stuff, and as it is not very well understood among the public, I encourage you to try to explain it to someone you may not know, or who may not know. Also, I guess you may not know. You might make a friend. <laughs> spread, uh, spread the word, cruisers. Also, give the show a thumbs up, and don't forget to follow so you know when a new episode comes out. I'll see you back in the leather bucket seats next time. My song rec for this episode is Total Eclipse of the Heart. I fell asleep while prepping the show and I left an incomplete sentence on my page as it was fading out. Um, and it turned out to be, turn around. So enjoy. <laughs>